0: Christmas.
1: Are you awake? Barely? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Adam morning person.
1: Okay, that's all right. (laughs) Bobby isn't either. She told me last night.
2: I just left them on there, I saw that too.
0: So they, so, yeah, so, um, so like those
2: I wonder what it would be like to be born in a manger. <laughs> yeah. Wonder what ever happened to baby Jesus. He grew up. What? Wait. So you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus? Yeah. Thanks, honey. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Wow. I just never really put the two concepts together. (laughs) Wonder what happened to that guy, huh?
0: He, he went to the cross.
2: That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean, he, he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross and came back to life, and, you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? Okay, I was really oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know. Only like one guy. guy. I tell you this. Here's an idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. Up top. See, I did. Uh, just a little light lightness this Christmas but we are glad to see everybody here even amidst all the little icy stuff that's happening outside so be careful when you're out and about and driving around I know the roads have been slick so um, but we are happy that you're here Merry Christmas to everyone Um, it's always a special time when Christmas falls on the sunday um, so, uh, we appreciate that, uh, that you came out in, in the weather and, uh, are celebrating the reason for, uh, celebrating. So, um, I don't see any visitors here today per se, but if you're watching this online or watching later and you are, uh, this is your first time seeing us, um, please connect with us and allow us to get to to know you a little bit. And send us a message. There's a variety of different methods you can do that. Um, since we're all online and uh, that sort of thing, just um, please just drop us a note so we can get to know you. Um, there's a few announcements that we have coming up. Um, one is a little lost and found um, uh, detail here that I, I need to get to. We found some um, money laying around in a seat back there in the window. If you know who that is and you know who you are, I have it right here um we don't assume that that was going anywhere um so if you've lost that um please see me after service and we'll get that back to you so um we have some announcements coming up Uh, one is the the students um you know after this week we're into the new year so um that's going to be 2023. It's going to be a hard adjustment to get used to, but in 2023 in January, we have the student hot springs trip. Um, It is from 2.30. We're going to leave the lot at 2.30. You do need your forms filled out, so you'll need one of these, which is the new medical form for 2023. You have to have one of those on file for the year, Um, and then you'll need your permission form um which says mom and dad know exactly where you're at um and you not haven't skipped town on them so it is a free event now so we did get uh you don't have to pay attention to that price tag right there it is a free event but i do do need to know that you're coming so i have enough wheels to get you there so please see me sign up downstairs we've got all these forms available for you Um, also in february um, february 5th we have an adult and student combination project over at the idaho falls rescue mission Um, we are going to serve in the soup kitchen and i look forward to uh, to doing this and being able to be there um you know, this is going to be a a good time where I, you know, I'll learn a lot. I'm sure I'll learn a lot. And I know, um, we all will too, if we, we come, um, but just come with an open heart. There's a lot of folks that are down and out this season, um, every season. And, uh, you know, you'd be surprised who you can get to meet if you just open to that. So, um, Please uh, see me and the students. You will need a permission form and the medical form as well for that. But there is no cost. Um, It's on the February 5th is a Sunday, by the way. And it's from 3 to 7 p.m. that day. So um, I think I covered all those announcements. Um, I'm not going to forget birthdays for the month. Do we have birthdays for this month? Hmm. (laughs) I think we need to sing happy birthday for our birthday this month and then we'll get to the anniversaries next. So ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Okay, now anniversaries. All right, I think we got a volunteer there for anniversaries. So, how how many? 56. 56, all right. All right, that's something to celebrate. All right, well, let's sing Happy Anniversary. Same tune. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. That's always nice to to celebrate those. All right, so for our time of scripture and focus, turn to um, Isaiah 60. It should be up on the screen too if you want to follow along. Just verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth and the total darkness, the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you for this morning, Lord. Oh, it's just a really special day to us. All those who know you know what day this is, Lord. This is a day that you came and they, that you you came into this world with a mission and a purpose, and that purpose was the sacrifice, and a sacrifice for all of us, Lord. And Lord, we can't thank you enough for that, Lord, and we just remember you in this time of the year, Lord, and we remember you all year, Lord, and it shouldn't be just one time of the year. And Lord, we just um, pray that those that don't have this in their heart, they don't have you in their heart. Lord, that we, our light might shine. Those who know you might shine to those that are out and about and around, uh, around our city, Lord. And Lord, we just pray for all those that are stuck, Lord, all those that might be shut in, Lord, we pray for your healing touch upon them. We pray for your comfort um, as uh, they go through this holiday season. Lord, we also remember our troops, Lord, that have been serving overseas. They may not get to see family this year. They may not get to see them on holidays, Lord. Um, We pray your blessing upon them. Um, Lord, we pray for your protection on them and we prepare your protection on our country and our leaders. Lord, just allow our leadership to make good, wise decisions, Lord. And Lord, we give our hearts to you and we give this service over to you as a offering of worship. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Of my standing. Our first hymn is number 85. 86, excuse me. 85. <laughs> 85. <laughs> Number 95.
2: just celebrate this time that we have to offer back to you and Lord we just pray that we give from our hearts Lord and that these um, funds and these finances will be used to further your kingdom's work, Lord and Lord we just pray your blessing upon it and we pray your blessing upon this this time that we have to worship you in Jesus name Amen
0: Day, Merry Christmas, <laughs> It's okay to say Merry Christmas, okay? Oh me. we're gonna continue our series on why did Jesus come and purpose and reasons why He came. I'm to give a background of some of the messages that we've already had, uh, we saw in uh, Matthew chapter five. Uh, One of the first reasons we saw that he came, and this isn't any any kind of order, this is just according to what uh, Jesus had said, I have come, or the Son of Man has come. And as he says in Matthew chapter 5, that he came to not to do away with the law or abolish the law, all the prophets, but to fulfill. And we uh, looked at that message and how that uh, every prophecy that in the was given in Old Testament, he fulfilled every single one on his first coming. Uh, and conclusion of that would be that if he fulfilled all the prophecies that were in the Old Testament concerning his first coming, then he assuredly will fulfill all the, the prophecy that considers his next coming. And uh, many scholars believe it's not going to be long. Then we looked at how that Jesus said that they came to show us the Father. Philip asked a question there in John chapter 14. He says, Lord, if you would just show us the Father, it will satisfy us. And he said, well, Philip, have I been with you this long and you don't know who I am? And so we saw that how he came to show us the Father. And by the way, uh, you know probably one of the most endearing terms that we have in the Bible concerning God has to be Father uh, because that's personal it is um, i'm sure the disciples when Jesus you know told them, especially when he was trying to help them to look at uh, praying, you know they said, "Well Lord teach us how to pray and then he comes up and he said, "Well, it started out and said, "Our Father." And so as we look at that, these disciples, I'm sure they never heard this terminology because uh, all the way back from Old Testament, we see that how, you know, the name of God was revered. You know, uh, people who wrote just wrote his name, that they would change pens like the scribes. They would change pens and and they would wash their hands every time they just write his name. And so this is how revered it was. But I'm sure, you know, these disciples, uh, you know, they they didn't have all this uh, religious background in their history. Uh, And they said, Jesus comes up and said, well, you can call God Father. And that had to blow them away. It had to. And I've learned in my own life how important this term is, especially for me personally, uh, because... Uh, Many of you, and we talked about that, that, uh, you know, how your earthly father may have been. You may have had a great father. Uh, Some uh, didn't have one that was so great. And then you have some many today who don't even have a father. So, you know, this is big, uh, especially for all those who, excuse me, that need to understand the importance of uh, calling God father. Father. Y'all have to excuse me a minute. Let me get me a, a mint here. So I can get my throat cleared out. And next, we saw last week <clears throat> how how that um, Jesus said in there again in John in chapter 18 that uh, his conversation with Pilate that Pilate asked a question. So <clears> he <throat> said, uh, what is truth? And Jesus he came to say that he said that I came to testify of the truth and this is what he did when he looked at the last week and how that he said yeah thy word is truth Lord and how that this Bible that we have uh, it is the truth and also that Jesus embodies the truth and if you want to know what truth is uh, you just have a personal relationship with Jesus and then you'll know what the truth is. Thank you. <clears throat> it's got to be the devil <laughs> as far as trying to get my throat clogged up. So <clears throat> y'all bear with me. <clears throat> Thank you. That help. So we saw that he came to fulfill The law and the prophecies, he came to show us the Father. He came to testify the truth, that he embodied the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Today, I want to tie this in with communion. Uh, Go to Luke chapter 19. And we see some other reasons and purposes that Jesus came. Luke 19, we have the story and many of us know this story back when, especially if you've been in church since you was a little bit taller, now like me, uh, this story has to do with Zacchaeus. Uh, we used to have a little song, you know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he, climbed up in a sycamore tree for Jesus for to see. so, but anyway, I don't know if y'all remember that or not, but <laughs> I do, because uh, it made an impress- impression on me, because uh, I like to climb trees, I mean, when I was a kid, but anyway, <laughs> uh, here, uh, Jesus makes a statement at the end of this and then we're going to look at Matthew in chapter 20 and he makes a statement at the end of that. And I want to look at these two in time together and also bring it in to where uh, we tied in with communion today. So uh, here in 19, it says that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Now, that you know, the disciples had this idea, uh, and it wasn't theirs uniquely. Uh, that anybody who was rich back in the day, uh, they were blessed by God. Uh, that's partly correct. Uh, they they were, but it did not give them free access to heaven. Same thing today. It it, it still doesn't do the same thing with you. God's got His people who have money. I mean, I, I know that. I give you a little background on that. Uh, Charles Stanley who uh, pastored First Baptist of Atlanta they were downtown at that time and they needed uh, a block uh, because they they needed to expand and you know I forgot how many million it was to buy that block downtown Atlanta because they were landlocked and so Anyway, he, he tells the story how that uh, he had his deacons to go and they uh, gathered and marched seven times around that block and prayed that God would give them that block or the money would you know, come available. Uh, it wasn't just a few days after that they had prayed that he got a phone call from a guy in Texas and he'd never met you know Charles Stanley had never met him and vice versa and so long story short the man asked him says, how much do you need and he told him what the cost was for the block and the guy sent him a check in the mail I'm just saying God owns it all okay and thank God that there are those who can uh, be able to write checks for that. And, I, and don't look to me because I don't have that. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, uh, you know, God has those who do have that. And I know personally, uh, just give you a scale it down a little bit. I was going to seminary and I was working full uh, full time. Uh, well, actually, I, I had about three jobs. Uh, you know, but anyway, long story short, we uh we're struggling and uh, we had four kids and trying to go to seminary and work and it, it, you know help with the church and because i was involved with youth and so many other things and so time came for uh semester uh, money and i didn't have it i needed eighty dollars to go to you know that uh, quarter in that semester and I didn't have it. And so I said, Lord, I said, you know, if you want me to go this semester, I said, I got to have $80 because I don't wanna have it. And so I went to church that night. Nobody knew about it except just me and the Lord. You know, I asked him about it. And so I was, uh, we was at Sunday night service. And and so I was kind of in the back. And, and a lady came up after the service and she said and handed me a check and she said the Lord said to give this to you and guess how much it was for $80 I'm just saying just because it says the man is rich doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing okay God's got his people too now in this case Zacchaeus stole a lot of it (laughs) All right, Uh, there are the the other exceptions to the rule but just because I just want to Take that misnomer out that, you know, just because somebody's rich don't mean they you know, God can't use them. They can. Yeah, and and been used many, many times mightily, okay? All right, so then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and now, behold, there's a man named Zacchaeus. And he was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And the other part of this is chief tax collector was like somebody that... You know, uh, if you ever tasted something really bad, this was bad taste in your mouth as a Jew, because he they were Jews, but they worked for the Romans, and they collected taxes. If y'all watch any of the chosen, and you'll see that the tax collector in there how and they they portrayed it pretty pretty well, pretty accurate because uh, he he was very hated. He was, and so here Jesus is coming through. And Zacchaeus, it says that he was the chief tax collector. Verse 3 says, and he sought to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. And so he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for the day I must stay at your house. A few things to note here. Notice Jesus didn't ask anybody what his name was. He knew. I want to tell you personally, Jesus knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows all about you. He knows you better than your mama does. (laughs) And that's the truth he does even knows how many hair you have on your head or how many you don't have on your head (laughs) either way he knows and so here he stops and he says Zacchaeus today I'm coming be with you and so Zacchaeus made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully he says but when uh, they saw it they complained I don't know if he's a Baptist or not. I mean, I wonder sometimes because you see the grappling and grumbling. and. The, and <laughs> but anyway, he said, uh, for he has gone to be a guest of a man who was and is a sinner. I want to say hallelujah to that. I'm thankful to God that he took time to go eat with a sinner. Matter of fact, when we get to this last verse, you'll see the purpose of Jesus has come. And so, but when they saw it, they complained, and uh, he came, went to eat, be with this man that, that, who is a sinner. And then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord uh, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and I have taken anything from anyone, false accusation, I restore four, fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, because uh, he also is a son of Abraham. Now, I can get in a whole nother sermon right here because if you you read Paul, uh, especially in chapter 3 of Romans and chapter 4 of Romans, you'll see where he talks about the faith of Abraham. And this is what Jesus is alluding to as far as his faith. Abraham was made right and as far as uh, his relationship with God because of his faith. It wasn't anything to do about what Abraham did. Same thing here. The result... Of receiving Christ, not only in his home but in his heart and life, changed Zacchaeus. You see, the outward change here would happen inwardly. Okay, same thing at Abraham. And read the story. And Paul makes that argument. It's not about your good works. None of you girl. None of our good works collectively. Please hear that. Will get us into heaven. None of it. And so then we come to verse. 10, and you need to mark this verse because this is very important. Remember we talked about the purposes of why Jesus has come. For the Son of Man has come to do what? Seek and to save that which was lost. He came to hunt you down, <laughs> pretty much. If we was in the south, we'd be talking about, the, you know, the hounds of heaven are after you. Uh, because, you know, the Lord came to seek and to save, which is love. We have a beautiful picture here. Zacchaeus, sinner. Jesus came to do what? Seek him. To save him. To give him a new life, okay? And this is the purpose of When we celebrate Christmas and what it's all about, why Jesus came, the purposes and why he came. And this is one of the main purposes he came, to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, how many of us at one time knew that we were lost? I have to raise my hand. When I finally understood that I needed a Savior, uh, I was probably about nine years old. Uh, fixed to be ten, and I remember a big congregation in Atlanta, probably four hundred in that service that morning, and I was uh, standing beside my mom, and in correlation, be about second, third row here, and Jesus spoke to my heart, and He said, "Come." He sought me, and to be honest, as a young boy, I really wasn't seeking Jesus. <laughs> I really wasn't I had a lot of other stuff I was thinking but you know I went to church mama took us to church and you know I came up through all the Sunday schools and you know the training unions and all that that we had in the Baptist church and you know learned all that And even well, I remember when we went from beginners to primaries that they gave us a bible and I remember that and I think I still had it and I gave it to one of my grandkids but still all of that I had to come to a realization one day That when he called me, that I understood and realized I needed him in my life. Did I understand it all? No. And I'm still working on a lot of it. I really am. But that's been so many years ago, and I want to take you back and, and see. this is what communion is about. It says on the front, you know, do this in remembrance of me what happened that time that you finally realized I need a savior I was lost and without Christ I was eternally lost and he sought me and as a nine year old boy sitting beside my mom and I remember I looked up at her and I remember the Lord spoke to my heart and he said Mark come and I looked up at mama I said mama How do I become a Christian? And she told me, go down and take the pastor's hand and tell him that you want to become a Christian. And so I did that. And you know, it was an amazing thing that as a nine-year-old boy, like I said, there was probably 400 people in that auditorium. I didn't have to ask a single person in there who spoke to my heart. I knew who it was. And same today, Anyone speaking, if you're watching online or here today, the Lord's speaking to your heart. I mean, He is seeking you. He is. He's, he's trying to help you understand that this is why He came, to save us. Over in Matthew's Gospel, and, and let me just flip over there. You don't have to turn there, but we've, we read this several times. But the first you know chapter here, and the story of the, the Christmas story and how that you know, Mary and Joseph, uh, Mary was betrothed to Joseph and it'd be with child. And, and so uh, here, verse 21, he says, and Mary will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And I've got a footnote in this study Bible and it, it has Savior. He said, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the purpose for why he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The whole human race, if we go back to Genesis in chapter 3. From Adam and Eve, the time that they disobeyed and rebelled against God. I mean, they had one rule. (laughs) this, This is what blows my mind. They only had one rule. Don't eat of that tree. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. And it wasn't just a physical death. Please understand that. I, you know, I, they had pictures that uh, they, they were <laughs> the and the thought man that they were showing and said, this had to be Adam. And I'm sitting there going, no. Nah. <laughs> I mean, this guy, he got, you know, he's all hairy and he, he's ugly looking and I'm sitting there going, no. Nah. I said, Adam would have been a perfect specimen of a man. Eve would have been a perfect specimen of a woman because they were made perfect. They were. There wasn't any flaws back then, back in the Garden of Eden. And one rule, don't eat of that tree. And he said, and God gave him a warning, gave him a heads up. Listen, eat of that tree, what's going to happen? Death's coming. Because separation is coming. And this is why we're lost. Because, see, from Adam and Eve all the way down to us, it's in the blood. It's in the bloodstream. It's not just about because I'm a, you know I sin. I sin because I'm a sinner. I was born that way. It's born in us. From Adams you know, all the way down. We've talked about this. And I said, you know, you look at your little babies. You know, say, oh, how cute they are. And, and they're over there. I guarantee you, a lot of these babies that cry, they ain't crying because they're hurting. They just know they get your attention. And, they, hey, you know, they know they learn early about manipulation. They do. <laughs> I'm serious. A lot of your mamas know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about because we've raised four. So, You know, and then you set them down, you got one got toys here and one got toys here. This one's not satisfied until he goes over and gets this one. I mean, that's not taught. I don't hear no amens in there. That's not taught. It is not. And so we see that, hey, we need a Savior. Okay? We do. And Jesus said, One of the purposes, the main purpose he came was to do what? Seek and to save that which was lost. Put your name there. That includes every single person on the planet. There's not an exemption. We all need a savior. We're all under the curse of Adam. We are. And just a little side note. The reason why the virgin birth is so important Is because this baby, Jesus, could not have been from Adam's race. That's a whole other sermon that is very important to understand that. You know, we as Baptists, we hold to that, you know, one of the doctrines that we are dogmatic about is the virgin birth. And the reason why, because if... He had any part of Joseph, any part, if Jesus had any part of them genetically, uh, of Mary or Joseph, either one, they're from Adam. And Paul's clear, especially in Romans. In Adam, all die. Why? Because of sin. We're under the curse. We need a Savior. His name is Jesus. Second part of this, I want to go to Matthew chapter... Twenty and I know Zacchaeus. That was a, a huge day for him when finally that uh, no longer would he be outcast, but now accepted into the family of God. Here, here's a beautiful picture, and as we do this do communion this morning, uh, the beautiful picture is. I mean, look how hated and despised Zacchaeus was. And yet Jesus took time to seek and to save him. What did he do to save you? You know it took just as much grace to save you as it is that kiss? It did. As a matter of fact, you take the smallest little child. Even in their innocence, is you know, we'll put a little quotation in there because some of them are not as innocent as we think, but still in their innocence. It takes just as much grace to save that small child that it does one like Zacchaeus or anybody else, for that matter of fact. And I like what Paul says over in Timothy, and he said, you know, I was a chief of sinners. and God saved me. I'm an example. And I always said, if, if Paul was chief, I was second in command. Because, <laughs> and I had a lot of Sunday school teachers, I guarantee you they say amen to that. So, but anyway, But it it takes just as much grace to save all of us, okay? And thank God that's why he came. Now, Matthew chapter 20. And I want to uh, go ahead and read this because uh, we're Matthew 20 and starting verse 20. So says, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him, to Jesus, with her sons, kneeling down. And this is James and John, if you want to fill in the blanks here. you don't know exactly who that was, but it was James and John. And so she came kneeling down and asking something from Jesus, okay? And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him grant that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said you do not know what you ask. Uh, Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm be baptized with? And they said to him we are able. So Jesus said to them you will indeed drink my cup and this cup it was a cup of suffering, by the way, and uh, they too would actually you know, live through this and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit in my right hand or my left hand is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard this, they were greatly dis- displeased uh, with the two brothers. Now that little verse, sometimes I wonder if I was sitting in the middle of all these disciples, I, you know, I'm just wondering if they thought about this too—that that they, you know, would want to sit by the right or the left, and they were just mad because they didn't ask before <laughs> before uh, James and John's mama did, <clears throat> okay? And so, but Jesus called them and said to himself, said to them, he said. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. And this, another verse here, check this in your Bible, mark it. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served... But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That word ransom is a purchase price. Purchase price. There's a cost for our lostness. There is. God is the one who said it. Now remember Jesus saying, I came to fulfill not only the prophecies, but the law too. The law said, the day you sin, what's going to happen? Death's coming. There is a penalty. There's a purchase price. And for every person, there has to be a price paid for our sin. Your sins and my sins. Either Here's two, two, two options. Either you pay for your sin, or there's a substitute to pay for you. And Jesus said, I have come to do what? To give my life as the payment, the ransom for your sin. Now, I know we talk about as far as uh, the way things are in God's kingdom, that those who think that they are uh, great will be the least. I've thought about this many times, and I've told this to some of my pastor friends. They when I get to heaven, I believe that, you know, they'll be giving out, Jesus will be giving out awards and rewards, and... I think about this and, you know, there'd be a lot of great name pastors and preachers and things like that, that be there, you got the Spurgeons and the, it's yeah, Charles Spurgeon, you got Billy Graham and you know, we can go down a list and some of y'all know some you know, great preachers in your time and you say, Well, you know, these will be front of the line. I submit to you that they won't. I submit to you it's gonna be the mamas and the grandmamas and the granddaddies and the grand, and those daddies who've been on their knees praying for those pastors and preachers. I believe that they'll be even greater in God's kingdom. I believe that. Because I believe that when I'm standing there and the Lord's handing out, you know, rewards and things, and he's going to say, Mr. Lulescu, come forward. You pray for that grandson of yours, Mark Haney. And because you prayed, he was able to do what I called him to do. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how important that is. Don't quit praying. Don't. And so Jesus said, listen, the Son of Man is, did what? He didn't come to ser- be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. In John's Gospel, we have an important pivot point. It's John 13, and I won't go there, you know, as far as reading all of that. But I just want to tell you what happened. The night that we're going to be celebrating here in just a minute, as far as communion, the the Lord's Supper or the Passover meal, Jesus did, does something that blew these guys out of water. He got up from the supper table, took off his outer garment, wrapped a towel around him, and got down on his hands and knees and washed their stinking feet. Do you realize who this is (laughs) that's doing this? I mean, this this is the same one who is with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in creation. I mean, Paul was clear over in Colossians. He said, man, there wasn't anything made that was made without Christ. Can you imagine? I mean, to me, who this was bowing down. I mean, this is God in the flesh. Bowing down to wash the disciples' stinking feet. And there's another little catch here. One of them was Judas. Can we even fathom that? What kind of love is that? Jesus knew full well what Judas was doing. He did. How can we even fathom something like that? I don't know about you guys, I'd have a hard time getting down on somebody that I knew, man, was ready to stab me in the back. I'd have a hard time getting down and washing their feet. I would. If we're honest, most of us are that way. I mean, we can't even let somebody out at the road, much less, or, or, you know, come into the, as far as the Walmart in the shopping line or something like that. Most of us, like I said, hey, I was here first. The man Jesus, he said, You know, what I've done for you today, you need to do for each other. When I was in seminary, I used this that passage of scripture, and I got a friend of mine. I didn't wash his feet, but I shined his shoes. I got him to come and sit, and I got the shoe polish out and the rag. I know some of you younger guys, you don't know, got a clue because nobody shines shoes much no more. <laughs> but anyway, but when I came up, I had a sergeant for a daddy, and we shined shoes. <laughs> so, But anyway, uh, I shined my friend's shoes, and I prayed over him. Anybody ever been a foot washing that's that's old school. I don't know y'all ever heard of that. In the South, it still goes on. A lot of churches. Uh, there's a little missionary church, and my wife and I first got married. Uh, that uh, they they had foot washing, and I never forget that the pastor and, and I was I was a new guy, kid on the block, and, and the pastor came down and got on his hands and knees. And started washing my feet and praying my name to God. You talk about a humbling experience. I've never, as far as experienced anything like that in my life. He actually did what Jesus said to do. And I know a lot of churches have, you know, said that was one of the ordinances that they'll have, but the point is, is this Jesus. Listen, he, he didn't come to, as, as far as show us that, you know, our way was right and, we, you know, we're right all the time and, and, you know, I got there first and all that mentality we got. That ain't us. That's not who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be those who are like Christ. And he said, as I have washed your feet, you wash one another's. You know, this morning we were talking about, before we have communion here, about some of those who are on the church roll. When's the last time you called one of them? When's the last time that you found out how they were doing? When's the last time that you even showed that, hey, we miss you? I mean, this is your brothers and sisters, correct? This is who we're supposed to be. I mean, if the church isn't doing it, who's going to do it? You want me to tell you the answer? Nobody. This is what he called us to do. As we come today in this communion, things you know paul over in first corinthians chapter 11 he he uses uh you know he, he takes what jesus uses we're gonna be in luke 22 and communion but you know he says there's, there's a part in there that you know i had to really uh, get personal with that he says he said you know before you come you need to examine yourself i need to examine myself and and he, here's here's what he says, he says that, that we would be worthy to be able to take this. And I wrote I remember many years ago pastor was preaching on this and 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 I wrote it in my Bible and I said, Who's worthy? And and, and the answer is none of us. <laughs> Seriously, none of us are, are worthy to take this. But because he did it for you and me. Then we come to communion and he says, remember, please, remember, you as a Zacchaeus, you as a James and a John, you as a disciple, you are a Judas. Listen to me, all the things that, hey, we say, nah, not me. But listen to us, Jesus came to give us. Something that we could never give ourselves to save us from sin that would set us eternally separated from God, and He did that for you and me. Examine yourself this morning. We'll have prayer, and we'll have. <coughs> Tablet if you come and play. If you, need, if you need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you need the altar, we have the altar. But whatever God's laying on your heart right now, I mean, when we come to this, I mean, man, forget about everything else. Say, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. Now, Lord, help me to be like you. It may not be literally washing somebody's feet. Or it may be. Whatever it is that God has calling you to do. Please come. And if you're here and never accepted Christ. In your heart and your life. You can't say a time that you've ever said Jesus come into my heart and my life. And here's what he's saying. Come today. Give your life to Christ. Then you'll know that he came to seek and to save you Lord speak it to your heart today as we stand Lord speak it to your heart if you need prayer if you need any counsel if you need to, so Lord speak it to your heart right now would you come I'll be reading out of Luke chapter 22. Now, I'll give you a little background. Uh, this is the Passover that the Jews still celebrate today. And listen to what he is saying here to the disciples. He says, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat it until it fulfilled in the kingdom of god now this comes in uh, another passage also says this that uh, he took a cup please understand something i don't know if you've ever done any study on the passover there are four cups in a passover okay Uh, the one we participate in usually in communion is uh, and some debate on that but i believe it's the third cup has to do with uh, redemption If you read and give you some homework here, if you read about the Passover, uh, if you go to uh, Exodus in chapter 6, you'll see in there in verses 6 and 7, it it talks about uh, there are uh, four statements that God makes. I will, and then this is what's going to happen. In other words, uh, there's four things that he's going to do for the nation of Israel. And this is where these four cups come from. And part of that cup is a redemption cup and the sacrifice that God would make for the children of Israel. This is a picture coming out of bondage, coming out of slavery. This is what Christ has done. Remember what he said. He said, I've come to do what? Seeking to save that which was lost. I mean, we were lost in sin's bondage. And he came to set us free. Okay. And so he said, then he took a cup and gave thanks and gave it to... And said to them, take this and divide it among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God has come. And then he took the bread, and this is where we'll start, and he gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Mark, will you ask blessings on this bread, please?
2: Father, we just come before you again. We just honor you as we take this bread, Lord let us remember the sacrifice that you made for us. The sacrifice that uh, cost you your life, Lord. Lord, just um, help us to know that we're all in a sinful state, Lord, and it took you to sacrifice your life in order for us to, to be have communion with you in order to have that hope, Lord, of, of eternity with you. And Lord, as we Take this bread, just remember this time, Lord, of your sacrifice, and give you the honor and praise in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. He said, Take, eat, this is my body, been broken for you. Then he says, Likewise, he took the cup, and this would be probably the third cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And again, in other passages, he says, Do this in remembrance of me. So as you take this cup, remember this is the Lord's blood I'm shed for you. Do this in remembrance of what he has done for you. Now, Matthew's Gospel it says that they sang a hymn when they went out. I tap of you got one. <laughs> How about Amazing Grace? Can you do that one? There you yeah. go Here you go. Is it one sixty five I don't remember right off. Okay, 30. different now. One okay. We'll stand and just sing first and the last of Amazing Grace. And by the way, just for history wise, in the Passover they would have sang um, Psalm anywhere from Psalms one fourteen to one eighteen, and usually the last part of that would be one eighteen. And so, if you want to read that, it's called the Hallel, and that's what they would read. Uh, and sing bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you lord be gracious unto you and give you peace is our prayer in jesus name amen merry christmas